Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the last Sunday of the church year. We could call it a New Year's Eve for the church as far as it's concerned. Next Sunday, the first Sunday in Advent would be a New Year's Day. But today, the last Sunday of the church year, Christ the King Sunday. In our order of services in the bulletin, we're going to begin with hymn number 851, as I number it, Jesus Keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross a trembling soul, love and mercy found me. There the bright and morning star shed its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross I'll watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on 
searches the heart. Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A World Testament reading for this Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the end times, is from Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 to 6. In this section, the Lord is speaking about bad shepherds who are misleading the people and how ultimately God would send the good shepherd who would take care of us, be our savior and also our king. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture. Where, there will, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Alleluia, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Our epistle reading is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 20. In this reading, the Apostle Paul reminds us how Jesus is our perfect King, ruling over all things for our good, for the good of the church. Paul wrote, For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. 
He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We'll continue with our next hymn, hymn number 341, Crown Him With Many Crowns. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Crown him the Lord of love, behold his hands and sigh. Rich wounds yet visible above, in beauty glorified. No angel in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bends his wandering eye at mystery so bright. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave, and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. Crown him the Lord of heaven, enthroned in worlds above. Crown him the King to whom is given the wondrous name of love. Crown him with many crowns, as thrones before him fall. Crown him, ye king, with many crowns, for he is king of all. The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider on this Christ the King Sunday is our gospel reading from Luke 23, verses 35 to 43. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the King of God, the Christ of God the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, 
This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow criminals for whom Christ lived and died, it really is kind of hard to believe that Thanksgiving is just a few days away. The year has gone by so quickly. I, I really do hope that all of you have a great Thanksgiving and that you're able to take some time to be thankful for the blessings you have. And, and not just to be thankful, but to thank God to thank our gracious God for all of his blessings. And, and when we think about his blessings, of course, we think about the material blessings he gives us. But especially we have to think about the, the spiritual blessings. His giving us his son to be our savior and our way to eternal life. Oh, and well, remember on Thanksgiving Eve, on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we'll have a Thanksgiving service here in which we'll think about the blessings of our God and thank our gracious God for all those blessings. We won't just be thankful, but we'll give thanks to God for his blessings. Well, we'll want to thank God for his blessings. However, I sometimes wonder if in our country, and maybe it's true all over the world where there is a Thanksgiving celebrated, it's almost as if Thanksgiving can be overshadowed by the football games and by the traditional shopping, traditional Christmas shopping season that begins the day after Thanksgiving with Black Friday. And now, well, things have changed a bit with COVID and the fact that people do so much online shopping. But Black Friday, you think about that, people sometimes get so focused on that. Do they even remember that there is such a thing as a Thanksgiving day? And at Thanksgiving time, that's the one day of the year when we get one of the biggest newspapers, if you still order the newspaper, because of all of the ads and all of the sale papers that are there trying to get you to go on out to the stores and to buy and to buy and to buy. Well, TV commercials at this time of year 
will often tell us about when those stores are open. If there's a store that's open on Thanksgiving Day, if there's a store that opens up at 5 o'clock in the morning, because they want us to get on out there and buy and buy and buy. Our culture seems to almost be saying with Thanksgiving, maybe, well, it's okay for us to be thankful that one day, but then for the rest of the year, let's get back to our normal selves and be the greedy people that we're taught to be so much in this land. But now, here it is. Friday this week, Black Friday. And that's an ominous term, Black Friday. That term actually is traced back to the 1970s when stores started opening up more on Fridays, the Friday of, of Thanksgiving. And the stress and the pressure that was involved with people rushing to stores to try to get those deals and being stuck in traffic and traffic jams. That's why it was called Black Friday. And well, now maybe the term Black Friday refers maybe just a little bit more and it seems strange to think about this because with Black Friday, what happens is that a lot of stores finally get out of the red and into the black. Finally, they start making some money instead of just paying for employees and services and buildings and everything like that. Then they finally can start to get making some money, making some profit. Term Black Friday, though, when you think about it, actually, it's a positive term then with that coming into a, pos, uh, a profit situation. And now, it may seem then strange here for us right now when here we are, we're approaching Christmas and if we blink, maybe it'll be here within a moment or so. It seems that time does go so fast. Well, we got Christmas a little over a month away. Well, then, here we are dealing with another Black Friday, another Black Friday, and here we're thinking about the Black Friday on which our Savior died, on which Christ was crucified. Another a somber, uh, ominous day in the history of the world. But actually, if you think about it, that Black Friday it's also the greatest day in this world. It may be an ominous day, but it's also the greatest day because remember what our Savior said on the cross. He said, it is finished. Our sins were paid for. Satan's sin, death, and hell were defeated by Jesus there at the cross. Christ won eternal salvation for us. And now here we are today. It's the last Sunday of the church here. The last Sunday of end times, Christ the King Sunday. So let's look at that Black Friday and see Christ the King on the cross. And when we think about Christ the King on the cross, we'll see that unbelievers deny him, but a criminal confesses him. Our reading 
tells us about the reactions that people have when they look at the crucified Christ. And again, it would seem odd at first for us to choose a text like this for a Thanksgiving prelude and for a Christ the King Sunday. But actually, when you think about Christ being crucified, what that does for us is it emphasizes what Christ the King is really all about. What he had to do in order to be our King. It tells us exactly the kind of King that he is for us. Luke tells us, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. Oh, a few days before this, the people had been in the temple listening to Jesus preach and teach, and now they were watching him die. And perhaps before this, perhaps at one time, they thought that he could possibly be the promised Messiah, the promised one. But now their hope was basically gone. The Jewish leaders, instead of leading people to Jesus, they led people away from Jesus and tried to do absolutely everything that they could to try to destroy Jesus. And here they are trying to lead people away from Jesus, making fun of him, mocking him. When they said here he saved others, they meant that what Jesus had done is he had claimed that he saved them from some earthly ills. But they maybe even wondered if that was just a hoax. But they saw him, well, maybe he healed some people, but they didn't see him as Christ the King. They didn't see him as the Savior. And now they were even challenging him, well, to come down from the cross. They thought that his being crucified like this, it was exhibiting the fact that he was enduring the judgment of God and that he couldn't save anyone or give them eternal life. And because Jesus continued to suffer and he stayed there on the cross, he wouldn't come down. The rulers felt that what Jesus was doing by his action is proving that he was not the Christ of God, the chosen one. Christ, the name or the title really, it comes from the Greek and it means the anointed one. The Hebrew word for Christ is Messiah. From the beginning of time, God promised to send a Messiah, the Christ, who would save the world from its sins. And God's Old Testament people, they called this promised one by the name Christ or Messiah, as I said, since he is the one that God set aside to save people from their sins. The Lord said of Jesus, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And, and because of that promise, 
The Old Testament people, they kind of equated the name Christ with king, and they thought of him as reigning as a king. So the Jewish rulers, they would think that when Christ came, he'd be a king. And, but when they saw him dying on the cross, they said, this isn't him. This isn't the one. They didn't see a king like they expected, and so they denied him, even though Jesus was doing just what he needed to do in order to be our Savior, in order to pay for our sins, in order to be our king. Well, the mockery and the insults of Jesus continue there at the cross. Luke says, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. It wasn't enough for those Roman soldiers to have just simply nailed him so painfully to the cross to crucify the Lord of glory like they did. It wasn't enough, so what they decided they needed to also do is they needed to torment Christ the King by mocking him. They offered him cheap wine, which wasn't fit for a king, probably wasn't fit for anyone to drink. And they too challenged Jesus to come down from the cross. And then, of course, there was also that sign that was placed above Jesus on the cross that Pontius Pilate had put there, the sign that said, this is the king of the Jews. And actually, when Pilate put that there, that was placed there to mock the Jewish people. It was basically to say to them, you want for yourself a king other than Caesar in Rome. Well, this is all you're going to get, this pathetic excuse for a man who's crucified, being crucified in front of you. This is all you're going to get. And well, to the eyes of an unbeliever, the words on that sign were a foolish joke, yet they did spoke, speak the truth. Those words, this is the king of the Jews. Jesus was and is the king, our king, the king that we need. Well, at first when they were all being crucified, both criminals mocked Jesus at first. And one of them later on, he ended up saying, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Little did that dying man recognized that that's just exactly what Jesus was doing there. He was being his, the king. Unbelievers, they deny Jesus. They can't see Christ the king on the cross. And that shouldn't surprise us. The apostle Paul said, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Without faith, without this wonderful, precious gift from God, we too could only deny Jesus and even looking straight at Jesus on the cross, we couldn't see Christ the King on the cross. 
we'd be in the same shape as the unbelieving world. But just think about how blessed we are that God has worked through his word so that we can see what looks like a pathetic man hanging there on the cross. We can see there Christ our King. We can see the God-man. We can see him dying on the cross and paying for our sins and winning for us salvation. There we see Christ our King on the cross. Now finally, there's all this mocking of Jesus going on and, and the one other criminal, he put a, an end, a stop to this mocking, Luke says. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. What a miracle took place on that Black Friday, which was becoming a good Friday, and actually we'd have to say the best Friday. This criminal, he had been mocking Jesus, and, and if you think about it, he on the cross there, he was just a few hours away from eternal punishment in hell. But God brought him to repentance. The Holy Spirit worked on his heart through the words of Jesus that day. And, well, perhaps there were other words of Jesus that he had heard earlier in his life. And now what God often does, he often uses the fear of death to bring about a, a fear of God where, yeah, we can see our sin. We can see the problem caused by our sin. And that's what happened to the criminal there. He knew he was a sinner. He knew that he deserved eternal punishment. He, he knew that he was hours away from his eternal punishment. He knew that. And he knew that he wouldn't be able to stand before the judgment throne of God. But then here what happened is in a Holy Spirit-worked faith, he turned to the only one who could save him. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Those words were both a cry for help and a, a beautiful confession of faith. His sins, they troubled him, but that didn't lead him to despair as it led Judas to despair after he had betrayed Jesus. This criminal, we can notice, he's the only one that called Jesus by, the, by his proper name, the, his savior name, Jesus. He asked Jesus, remember me. And with those words, he was saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. The thief believed that Jesus was his God and his Savior. And his next words, they completed his prayer and his confession of faith when he continues, when you come into your kingdom. Jesus didn't look like any kind of a king, much less the kind of king that God promised would come into this world. He looked like a devastated man, laughed at by everybody, by his enemies. Yet this, kin, this criminal, he confesses a faith in 
Christ his king on the cross. He believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, his king. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. And now it's an amazing characteristic of God's love that when he answers our prayers, he gives us not only what we ask for, but he gives us so much more. He gives us more than we had asked for, more than we could have imagined. And this man, he did receive Jesus' promise. Today you will be with me in paradise. What a turnaround. He just said, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, you're going to be in heaven with me. What a turnaround for him when earlier that day he probably said, I'm going to hell. And now he's saying, rejoicing, I'm going to heaven because there besides me is Christ my King on the cross. What a turnaround. He confesses that Christ his King was there next to him and and that very day he was with Jesus in heaven. Oh, there was a prince who was traveling through France and he visited the arsenal in Toulon where prisoners were kept. And because of his status in the nobility, oddly enough, he was given the privilege of being able to release a prisoner from the prison there to release someone who had been condemned to die. So what he did is he went from cell to cell and talked to everybody, learned about their story. And as he went from cell to cell, what he noticed is that every one of the men there, they all declared their innocence. They all talked about how unjustly they had been treated. And finally he came to one man who acted differently. He said, my Lord, as much as I long to be free, I'm guilty. I've committed many crimes. I have nothing to say except I deserve to be here. And because he confessed his crimes like that, the prince exclaimed, the nobleman exclaimed, this is the man I want to be freed. Release him at once. Now if you think about it, what that prince did for that prisoner is just what Jesus did for that criminal and also for us as well. God's law showed that criminal and showed us as well that we've sinned that we've broken God's law, that we deserve eternal punishment. And then the gospel has led us like that criminal to say, Lord have mercy on me. I've sinned. I deserve your wrath and punishment. I deserve eternal separation from you. But Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh, that day when Jesus died, that really had to look like a Black Friday. But actually, as we've seen, it's a Good Friday. It's the best 
Friday. Because that criminal, and we sinners as well, we sinners, we criminals likewise, can hear our Savior, Christ the King, our King, on the cross, saying to each of us who by God's grace believe in him, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. It's printed in the bulletin beginning on the bottom of the second page. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your victory, you have broken the power of the evil one. Fill our hearts with joy and peace as we look with hope to that day when every creature in heaven and earth will acclaim you, King of kings and Lord of lords, to your unending praise and glory. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And let's also pray. Lord God, as we think of this being the last Sunday of the church year, and we think of Thanksgiving Day coming on up, we ask you to please help us always to be thankful for all the amazing blessings you've given to us, especially for giving us Christ our King, a King who would sacrifice himself for us so that we could be a part of his eternal kingdom forever. Help us to see how blessed we are and, and how thankful we'll want to be for your blessings. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, who, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today for Christ the King Sunday worship. Last Sunday of end times, our New Year's Eve church year service. Just a couple of announcements to share with you. A reminder, like I said, Wednesday night at 6.30, we have our Thanksgiving Eve service. Wednesday is Ron Kennedy's birthday. It's Forrest and Karen Ripley's anniversary. Uh, a week from Wednesday, that's when we'll have our first Wednesday Advent service with a, and that's at 6.30 p.m. with a soup supper before that at at 5.30 p.m. I hope you'll all take some time to join us for worship in the Advent season to help get ready for Christmas. There's a lot to do for Christmas, but being close to our Savior and His Word, that, of course, is the most important thing to do. Please note that on our counter there, when you're able to get here, uh, there are plenty of copies of the Forward in Christ magazine that we'd like you to take and read to get oh, devotional material, news material from our synod. A lot of good information there for you to be blessed by. Again, thank you for worshiping with me today. The Lord bless and keep you always.